Hello, my lovelies, and welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a PYP Teacher. I'm Lou Gerlach from ThinkChat, and this is confession number 74, where we're going to look at play in the early years. Now, as we know, play is central to the early years, and someone's saying, duh, Lou, what's going on here? This is a given, and I so agree with you. So if you're an early years teacher, Let's face it, play is what you do all day long. But this episode focuses on the role of play within the early years, framed by the actual documentation of the PYP. And there are many facets that we naturally think about with this age, this beautiful age of discovery and wonder and curiosity. But unfortunately, there are some teachers, and it's not just in the United States, that are confined by their school systems in making this natural early years programming to happen. So this episode is going to refer heavily back to our documentation because that right there protects us in a way. So you can advocate for yourself and more importantly for your young little learners. And for the rest of us, this is going to be a gentle reminder that Hey, you're on the right track, my friends, because that's something that's equally important. You know, when you're not quite sure where am I going, this is going to be tick. I'm good to go. Now, when I look at the descriptors to describe an early years teacher, I'm fascinated with this list. So let's go through it. Facilitator. Researcher. Participant provocateur, navigator, observer, documenter, and reflective practitioner. So when I look at this extensive list, I see educators who are setting the stage for play. They're facilitating those rich discussions through purposeful and varied questions. They're researching the latest best practice that they want to utilize to take their learners farther. They're in the thick of the learning, you know, on the floor, sitting next to their students, being an active participant in the learning. They're shaking up thinking by intentional um, provocations that stir the heart, the head, and the hands of our learners. They're navigating the learning from a macro, so a zooming out perspective to meet content objectives while carefully observing and documenting learning progress. And they're open-minded and reflective practitioners who are focused on continuously improving. Now, these roles are many, but they will lead towards a single purpose of developing independent young learners who can take ownership of their learning experiences. And at the heart, that's what we want. So how do we fulfill all of these targets effectively while managing our time to meet our objectives? Many of us are in systems, whether in public or private or international schools, where we have certain timelines, certain guidelines that we have to follow. And the IB has given us an outline of how this might look within a, you know, a lesson cycle or a unit plan development. So think about what are these components and how do they fit with you? So. Are you planning uninterrupted time for play where children have just time to tinker with materials and ideas? Are they building strong relationships with each other, 
Also, are there relationships between you and the families um, and the greater school community? Thinking about creating and maintaining responses, responsive places um, for play. We've been talking quite, uh, quite a bit about learning space design and how that impacts so much. And remember, go back to prior episodes for more details about that. Now, offering many opportunities for symbolic exploration and expression. Now, if you notice the conditions above reference time, relationships, learning space design, and exploration, these are all the key tenets of play. So how is your time dedicated towards play? Do we allow time for learners to explore ideas on their own, to make their own interpretations and their own connections? I believe many early years teachers on the whole are doing an amazing job of this. There's small group workstations, using a variety of materials, you know, creating interactive learning experiences around the room, um, through bulletin boards, through materials, making sure everything's organized. But the number one challenge is to get out of our students' way, to be honest. We need to release the control of the learning experience to allow our learners to create their own. And that, I think, is one of the hardest things that we have to do. Another thing that stood out is noticing students' emergency thinking processes, their interests and theories, and responding in ways that extend the learning. So how are we doing this effectively on a daily basis? How is it different from monitoring and documenting students' learning and development during play and offering, you know, appropriate scaffolded learning experiences for individual students as well as small groups. I know most early years teachers are continuously documenting throughout the day. This is all I ever see is a little clipboard checking and writing down little anecdotal notes. And I think they do this all the time because they realize one key thing that we forget as we go higher into the grade levels, that everything a child is doing is a form of assessment, everything. And that, when you look at learning that way, it's not some comprehensive test, but it's more that progression of how is the child moving forward. And I think that an earlier teacher is constantly keeping a variety of records so that they can see the child as a whole and also over extended period of time. So how are we collecting this data um, to help our students to learn and grow? And we know that relationships are at the heart of everything we do in school. So by building those relationships first, are we able to get the best out of our learners? Of course, right? So what are some strategies you're currently using to make this happen? Capture it somewhere. Post it on Twitter, hashtag um, ThinkChat2020. Let me know what you're doing. Because I think that more and more of us, I think we get shy about sharing what we know. But the more we do, the more misconceptions within our community are cleared up of, oh, this is what it looks like, right? And we can calibrate a little bit more. So don't be too shy. And we recently discussed as we said about learning space design, so go back and think about some ways that you're 
evolving your learning space so that play can naturally happen. Um, I just think that that is so important. I stand on a soapbox about that. But now as we pivot, looking at those initial ideals, what can we also do to help our learners to support their understanding of symbolic exploration and expression? This is huge in the early years. They're learning for the first time, you know, here is the symbol, a physical symbol of the letter A, and then here's the sound that it represents depending on context of the, of the word and, and the letters within a word. That is huge conceptual understanding. So it's critical, at, you know, as we're developing as young humans on this planet, that we explore the, that symbolic exploration and expression. And we counter symbols every single day. When we go to the restroom, when we go into the corner and we see stop signs. And so our job is to helping students, how do we apply these symbols regularly so that they are correctly used and also help us to make connections? So obviously I'm not gonna be saying anything revolutionary you know you've got this because we know that you're exploring symbolic, you know, um, exploration and expression through games. Oh, that's at the heart of everything, right? Through rhymes and poems and stories to make it more relevant and attainable for the kids. Through play, as we know, variety of situations. Through just conversing with one another and having a chance to talk about things and what are my connections mark making or drawing so students can be able to express themselves when they don't yet have the words or problem solving and reasoning where they're working together to solve open-ended tasks even at that early of an age and then of course um, counting and making patterns and sequencing so that they can see what is the connectivity of all of these um, symbols that I'm exploring and it's through this kind of play that we're making meaning of the world around us. And I know as early years teachers, we wanna make play happen more within our practice. And if we're in a more controlled learning environment, that is a frustration point. Let's just speak to it, right? That is a huge frustration point because you know what's best for kids, but your system is saying that is not the context here. So how do we leverage it? I personally became a better PYP teacher in that type of controlled learning environment because I had to be creative. I had to look at my planning differently. I had to look at how can I take the existing system and work around it to still meet those standards, those objectives, whatever is required of me. But finding a way to go around those systems and utilizing those systems, but still doing what is right for kids in a you know inquiry and play-based way. It is possible, but remember, you can't do these things alone. It takes a village, you know, which includes your grade team, uh, you know, your grade level team, your PYP coordinator. It might take other teachers from around the world by joining networks and Facebook, on Twitter, where, on LinkedIn. But if you're the only teacher on the grade level, that's where I highly you know, look at how you're going to connect with other educators around the world with and also with your coordinator. You can do this. For those seeking ways to incorporate more 
inquiry into your practice, uh, I'm currently co-leading a book club on Trevor McKenzie's book, Diving into, Inqu- Diving into Inquiry. Although we've already started, you can still join the club. You can go onto Twitter and search for my handle at thinkchat2020, T-H-I-N-K-C-H-A-T 2020, and you'll see a flyer pinned to my page. We are making so many really fantastic connections, utilizing a unique book club format that I've never used before, and I love it. And you don't even have to have the book to be able to feel like you participate and have something to contribute. So please join us because all of these discussions matter. They enrich ourselves, but also enrich our learning for our students. So have a blessed week and we'll see you soon, my friends.